You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, doctor. Uh, mm. What? Keep going. I'm ready for the end of your part. Reads a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. And I don't. Okay. Nothing about me being a doctor. You're not a doctor. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. Great. Please call me doctor. I'm anything. not going to. Please call me doctor. No. Anthony. We're not going to do the podcast. Fine. You're not a doctor. Call me Dr. Anthony. No. We're not going to do the podcast. Is this a dollop? A doctor dollop? What's Fine. Dr. Anthony, may we proceed with the <laughs> procedure? We'll be right back. What? God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gera. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Missing done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Gareth, if that's your name. 1820. 1820? 1820. Okay. Here we are again. <laughs> Edward Hammond Clark was born in Norton, Massachusetts. Okay, Edward Norton. Got it. He was the fourth child of Mary, who was an eager amateur poet, and Pitt Clark, who had attended Harvard. Who and, was a robot. And spent his life as a minister. Okay, so his dad's name is Pitt Clark. Pitt Clark, minister. Okay, so his Pitt dad's Clark. a gas station. In 1841, he graduated, uh, Edward, from uh, Harvard Medical School Okay. at the age of 21. Okay, solid. But was unable to attend the graduation ceremony due to problems with his digestive system. Well, he should be able to fix his, his own body at this point. Um, well... He's a Harvard doctor. It sounds like he was a... Uh, some sort of shitting. I mean, if you have a digestive system problem, you can't go somewhere. That means you're you're you got a shitting situation, right? You might have a situation. These problems plagued him for most of his teenage years and through college. Okay. Despite this, he finished first in his class. Okay. The malignant affection of his in the lower portion of his intestinal tract would dog him for the rest of his life. Okay, great. So we've got that to look forward to. Clark trained as a doctor in Philadelphia and Europe, then settled in Boston, where he set up a practice specializing in ear diseases. Okay, man, that's fun. Which probably been huge back then. Yeah, and it's also got to be fun to get in that game. Uh, no, I just want to look at problems inside of ears. I just want to, I want to get in your ear. That Because when you hear stories about, like, even now, when, like, people will be like, I was deaf in my, my brother was, like, deaf in his ear for, like, a week once. <laughs> and then he goes to the ear doctor, finally, and the guy just sucks out a ton of wax. And he's like, how's that? And my brother's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, 80% of your job is just being like, yeah, you're just like a pig. You got something stuck in there. Did you know you had a bug in your ear? Yeah, you know, water actually lodged in your ear because there's so much wax. Huh? So. What? Sorry, let me do the procedure, then I'll tell you. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. You're a pig. What? That'll be $100. He made a name for himself using the latest medicines, and people came from across the country to be treated by him. So he's fucking hot shit. He's so there's a, hot a shit lot of ear guy. problems. Oh, there's ear problems up the fucking wazoo in uh, America. Sure. It's the 1840s, the canal. man. Yeah. 
so Clark became uh, well-placed in Boston society, right? So he's a fancy doctor guy. Sure. And in 1855, was appointed professor of medicine at Harvard. Okay. Hopefully he had a toilet in his office. Yes. Or just a bucket. But something was happening. Things aren't good. Something was happening in the world which was concerning to Dr. Edward Clark. Oh, boy. The education of girls. Okay, there. What? And we've got our headline. (laughs) I think we've got our episode title. The number of young women going to universities was increasing dramatically. It's crazy. So that's, you know, that's a thing. Not that, not that that's happening, but the, the idea that you're like, what? How can this be? No. The debate. They don't have penises. The debate of whether or not women should go to school have been going on for quite some time. Sure. The woman question, as it is called, started in the later uh, 19th century. It was, is that the right? Yeah. It questioned the role of women in industrialized countries like America. Yeah. No, don't. Yeah. Many questioned whether women had the intellectual capacity for education, and others argued their bodies couldn't handle the rigors of intelligent work. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Then let them fail at it. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. You got to protect. Always. You got to protect these little birdies. same shit different day. When they're just. Well, scientists. There's still some scientists who say that women will completely collapse if they learn facts. Don't let them in. (laughs) If you let the women in, they're going to fall into little piles of bones. They will explode. We can't have women in piles of bones and skin. I'm preventing women exploding. Good Lord. Thank me now. Thank you. You're welcome now. In the 1870s, there was an established consensus in America that boys' education should be extended beyond reading and writing to math, science, and philosophy to prepare them for the new industrial age. Sure. With girls, this was still a debate. Right. Yep. Sure thing. They were discouraged from science and math. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I don't want you knowing how to add numbers. Unless, of course, we're talking about the numbers that bake delicious cookies. Pies! You're not a woman till you know how to bake a pie. I don't think you understand. You should be weighing out flour. Okay. Uh, they had all they needed, finishing schools that taught home economics to prepare them for lives as housewives. As housewives. You have no choice. Your job is to serve your husband. But now, many girls were continuing with schooling into their teenage years. Bully! <laughs> Emma, Emma Willard had opened a school for girls in Troy, New York in 1819. And Catherine Beecher opened a school for girls in Hartford, Connecticut in 1823. It's spreading! Public schools for girls in Boston and New York were established in 1826. Oh, no! It was happening, which was very upsetting to men like Clark. Ah! By the 1870s, all, all hell was breaking loose on the lady front. Women were campaigning for suffrage, working in factories, medicine, and most frightfully to Clark, entering public high schools and universities. I need to lay down. I'm lightheaded. The world has gone insane. Oh, my. Don't you see that they're going to explode? In 1871, 
Harriet J. Cook became the first woman college professor in the United States. Your last name's Cook! Take a lesson from God! (laughs) She was appointed a full professor with a salary equal to her male peers. Oh. My. God. In 1873, Ellen Swallow Richards became the first woman to receive a Bachelor of Science from MIT. Oh, no. Several women's... Her name's Swallow Richards? Huh? Swallow Dicks is her name. Keep him in the kitchen! (laughs) Good Lord, take a lesson from God! Several women's colleges opened across the northeastern USA in the 70s, including Smith, Vassar, uh, Bryn Mawr, and Wellesley Colleges. By 1870... American women could choose from 239 colleges. Oh, my God. But only a handful were co-educational. Okay. So it's mostly, if you're a lady, go to a lady's school. As it should be. If you have that resistance coming at you, the last thing you're after is like, you know, let's get some judgmental men over here. But they wanted, but, but but the education was unequal, right? So boys are getting better education, so... So feminists and educational reformers started fighting for co-education, right? Put them in the sure. same school, in higher education. A better education led to, a, it led to greater demands for equality. Everything is snowballing. Women were abandoning the finishing schools in favor of public schools and universities, looking to improve their lot in life. For Clark, this was disturbing and dangerous, and it all started with education. Oh, boy. In 1872, when he was a professor at the Harvard Medical College, at the height of his profession, Clark was invited to speak at the New England Women's Club, which was orga- an organization of progressive women. Why was he invited to this? I have no idea. Were they, did they not do their... I think because he's, he's... Were their brains too mushy from all the books? But I think he's... I think at this point, he, he might not have been vocal about it. And he's just this guy from Harvard Medical School, so they invite him to talk, thinking right. he'll be enlightened because he's right. a doctor. Yeah, right. Little did they know. <laughs> the topic of his speech was appropriate methods for education of girls. Clark told the audience of forward-thinking women that educating girls was dangerous. If a girl between 13 and 17 spent too much time learning, the energy put into developing her brain would hinder the growth of her ovaries and uterus. Uh, I just... What? It is so reminiscent. I, honestly, I, and I won't. I, it just sounds like the climate change debate. Okay, well, the, it, yes. it's just like the idea that you're like when you're like those facts. Trying to sound like you know what you're talking about when you're bullshitting is yeah. really hard. Oh yeah, you know, like the idea that you're just like, look, no, what'll happen is you look, l- ladies, listen, you're gonna learn math, and then what's gonna happen is your wombs are gonna dry up, and you'll be barren. Because your womb bone's connected to your brain bone. Right. Okay? He's right. Because the blood comes up from your... The blood that's in your vagina parts comes up, up, up into your brain where where the learning's happening. And then the lower parts, they dry up. I'm going to actually off, take the microphone out. away from you for a second. They because pe- I feel like I was kind of hitting this on the head. And you're going heavy on the, the blood to... Duh. Genital ratio. No, no, no. I'll finish. No, what happens the is the whole pussy's sh- ruined. Well, okay, uh, cut the mic. Cut all the mics. All the mics need to be cut. The whole thing. Cut them now. So, uh, Clark later wrote that his speech had quote excited an unexpected amount of discussion, and has emboldened me to think that their publication in a more comprehensive form 
with added physiological details and clinical illustrations might contribute something, however little, to the cause of sound education. So everyone was pissed, and he's like, this should be a book. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Look how much it's upset these women. I should write it down. Ladies, be careful. You don't want to get so upset your brains don't work and your wombs explode. Right, so there's such an amount of discussion that he's going to write it down. And in 1873, he published Sex and Education or A Fair Chance for Girls. <laughs> That's the best, too. I'm looking out for you. Ladies, I am looking out for what's happening with you. Boom, you just have a bass slide in, girl. Clark did not Your believe... brain's too little to learn. <laughs> you need to stay in the kitchen and bake all day, girl. Clark did not believe he was sexist. This was simply science. Men and women, he said, were both able to reach the same intellectual heights. They could both learn languages, medicine, philosophy, literature, and any other topic to the same level. Quote, man is not superior to woman, nor woman to man. Okay. Now, he a ha- little... but, but he has to say this because the times have changed. And it is now, in the 1870s, been proven that women can learn medicine, philosophy. They can. So, but so, now, so the older argument that women, that, they're, that they're, they can't handle intellectually, right. that's gone because of, because of women doing it. So, but then, so what is his argument that has now morphed into... Well, here we go. Okay. Men and women's physiologies were different. In particular... Clark was concerned about the organization of men and women. When he says organization, he's referring to their reproductive organs. He is sticking with the vaginal way? A woman's organization, quote, limits her or, power... By the way, mm-hmm. it, it I, I mean, I have to refer to it as an organization for a while. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm looking to get inside your organization. I'd love to be a part of the team, ma'am. <laughs> what the hell is this? I'm asking to bang you. Was that not clear? Look at my resume. It's pretty clear. Uh, a woman's organization limits her power. <laughs> a woman's po- organization. A woman's organization limits her power and reveals her divinely appointed tasks. Just as man's organization limits his power and reveals his work. In the development of the organization... Uh, is to be found the way of strength and power for both sexes. Limitation or development leads to both to weaken and failure. With women being treated the same as men, it was damaging their organs. Their organizations. Yes. Clark said there should be a, quote, feminine training arranged to develop a feminine organization. What, what Does he have an argument or is he just, like, no, stammering? No. He's trying to say... That um, that men, Learning. And women, men and women are different, and and their their womb area, their their sweet ovaries and and I such don't think sweet ovaries uh, are harmed by unless they take unless penis. they take care of them unless they take care of them like unless they, they take care of what their organization. What does that mean? What unless they're douching or they're masturbating just, or just let's just hear the man out. I, I'm trying to hear the man out, but so then what is he saying okay, that it so does to a man? He used what it, happens to a man's penis? We'll it becomes there. harder. What okay so, a smarter cock <laughs> He used a metaphor to illustrate. Okay? okay. Quote 
The lily is not inferior to I gotta the... go. <laughs> right now. The lily is not inferior to the rose, nor the oak superior to the clover. The... Yet the glory of the lily is one, and the glory of the oak is another, and the use of the oak is not the use of the clover. That is poor horticulture, which would train them all alike. So you don't treat the clover like the oak or the lily like the oak. They're different. He's literally you, using flowers and wood. You treat a tree differently than a lily, don't you, sir? Yeah. Do you, sir? Yes, you do. Thank you. We are adjourned. I don't think this is a court. Though women could learn as well as men, they shouldn't because it would harm their organs. That This is, but okay, but there's literally no medical connection to Hold what he's on. saying. You don't know that. He's a doctor. He's not a doctor. Quote, it is not true that she can do all this and retain uninjured health and a future secure from disease, hysteria, and other derangements of the nervous system. You pussy or you work, girl. Pick. <laughs> if, she, if she follows the same methods that boys are trained in. He saw this as a problem for the future of America. Uh, uh, this is an astounding level of bullshit. <laughs> According to Clark, women in the 1870s in America were a disaster. Their situation was dire. They were diseased, and and these diseases were all related to their menstrual cycles. Wow. This, I mean, what? He makes a point of listing these diseases. You notice his- that week when they get it, they become real bitchy. Thank you. Well, my theory... He makes a point listing these diseases throughout his book. Almost all are normal functions of the female body. Yeah. What, what? Uh, Lusoria, which is a discharge. Moria, when a woman uh, misses. So far, they just sound like opera songs. When a woman misses three periods in a row. Dysmoria, pain during menstruation. Chronic or acute ovaritis, inflamed ovaries. So he lists all these things. that And, are they, just... and that's connected to learning. Right. And of course, there was hysteria, which was a common diagnosis of women at the time that is total bullshit. Yeah, why would they be in a hysterical mood in this time? Women considered uh, to have had a wide array of symptoms, including faintness, nervousness, sexual desire, insomnia. (laughs) Sexual desire. I would like to get fucked. You're crazy! Sexual uh, desire, it, yeah. it, but that is that is so like that is still true in some morphed version of where course. it's like acceptable for a man to be sexual and like it's not okay, mm. honey. You're just you know yeah. Also, insomnia, fluid retention, heaviness in the abdomen, shortness of breath, irritability, loss of appetite for food or sex, and a tendency to cause trouble. <laughs> There is also a prolapsus uteri when weakened or damaged muscles and ligaments allow the uterus to slip into the vagina. Right, when the uterus moves in. Yeah, and yeah, the uterus moves into the vagina. Right. Like, we're we're roommates. Hey, buddy. I'm going to put a poster on the wall. Neuralgia? But 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 those are all like those are things that happen. Yeah. It's just that he is he is connecting that to learning. Yep. Okay. Uh, neuralgia, which we now recognize as a symptom of uh, a few diseases, stabbing, burning, and often severe pain uh, that occurs from a damaged nerve. So he lists all these things and says... They're, they come from books. According to Clark, these afflictions tortured women and were a result not just of education, but also of food, clothing, and exercise. Okay. Quote, we live in a zone of perpetual pie and donut. 
<laughs> well, I would love to take him to today. Who doesn't want to live in that zone? Yeah, that is quite a zone. I'm living in the zone of perpetual pie and donut. Has he just been hanging out in a bakery? Like, <laughs> look at him! All they do is eat pastry! Uh, much also may be credited to artificial deformities strapped to the spine or piled on the head, much to corsets and skirts. So he's blaming the way they dress, which is... Which is surely a product of how men view and treat them, too. Of course. <laughs> this guy's... But, but, he's, he's doing a good job of walking away from the scene of the crime. Oh, no. He'll come back. Food and fashion were more indirectly to blame. The real cause came from, quote, the neglect of the peculiarities of a woman's organization. So they're, ne- they're, they're neglecting their lady area. Uh-huh. And because of that, they're getting super sick with all these different problems. Okay. You can't neglect it. You have to take care of it. Sure. But- he believed by going to school, girls couldn't look after their periods. Oh, my God. His theory is that they're too busy. To deal with being a woman? Well, he's basically saying that if a woman has a period, she's got to shut everything else down and just focus on Restart yourself. (laughs) Hit the reset button. So a woman is... uh... Clark pointed out (laughs) that a wealthy European woman who visited America commented that American women were a feeble race. And that she, quote, never saw before so many pretty girls together. They all looked sick. What is she? Who is the? This translation's a, off. This is an angry, angry German woman. What is, uh, no, they look. I've never seen so many pretty women before. And also, you know, it's gross. <laughs> That's what she's saying. So, have I been clear? Clark had studied in Europe and wrote that he was, quote, always surprised by the red blood that fills and colors the faces of ladies and peasant girls. He is really walking a dangerous line here with the amount of, like, insinuation. That's He's just, at the start of these sentences, are like, dude, I know where you're headed. Don't do it. He does it. But I am always... Equally surprised on my return by the crowds of pale, bloodless female faces that suggest consumption, uh, scrofula, which is a swelling of lymph nodes in the neck, anemia, and neuralgia, to a large extent, our present system of educating girls is the cause of this pallor and weakness. The period was a wonderful thing, and it needed attention. What? What is he is really going for? (laughs) He's flying into the heart of this storm. Unfortunately, in America, the period was being neglected due due to school. That is crazy. Quote. I was so busy reading, I just realized that I had my period. It's all over the couch, but I'm going to be fine. I forgot all the facts, too. Quote. This neglect of herself in girlhood when her organization is ductile and impressible Breeds the germs of diseases that later in life yield torturing or fatal maladies. <laughs> you know, the only time that men give a crap about a vagina is when they're legislating it. It's true. That's no, the only. They care about it when they're fucking it. True. Outside of that, the only thing they care like they we still have they still are like demanding control over of yeah over genitals. Uh, 
So uh, girls neglect and shame of their cycles in favor of study had led to disease, making um, their, them weaker. The end game was that the American middle class would fail to reproduce and would soon be outnumbered by uneducated immigrants. So that took a jump. Yeah. This whole thing's a jump. <laughs> These are just like insane jumps. Boston at this time had very quickly uh, had a very quick growing Irish population, and that caused widespread alarm. Clark believed that within a couple of generations, American uh, Americans would have to import women who could have children. Oh my God! He's talking about bang crates. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, gather round. We got a fresh bunch of bang crates. Head on down to the docks. There's some coming in to fuck and make babies with. Fuck away from me. Don't let me read a word. I can't read a word or I'll be barren. Uh, He's saying that in in like a couple generations, America's going to be like children of men where no one can have babies. So you have to import baby making ladies. Right. So everybody wins. Um, Yeah. Uh, So. The way to fix it was to separate education and menstruation, particularly when menstruation began. That was the, quote, critical voyage time of their life. This voyage coincided with a considerable portion of a girl's educational life. So there was a demand for special training for girls which didn't let them neglect their organizations. So, so he's instead saying of going to school, you need to stay home because yeah, your vagina. He, he's saying that, that because... At the time when you're getting the most education, right at, at that age period, of, you need you're you're uh, on your voyage. You're on your maiden voyage, whatever you call it. That that at that time is the most important time for you to not be getting an education. You should be staying well, home. And the science speaks for and, itself. And and uh, sorry, girls, just shit timing, I guess. Dealing with your uh, period. Yeah, sorry, your college years are going to be spent at home, making sure you don't read anything because. Of your vagina. According to Clark, uh, the girls quote marvelous apparatus. Yeah, there's some. Uh, there's something now. There's, well, there it's such a, a little wrong now. Well, it's very. Um, he's in love with the Bride of Frankenstein. Now. He's <laughs> in love with the monster he's created. Well, he because he's so. It's like he. It's like he's mad. So he's mad at women, right? Right. So. He's like buttering up their easy, but you know what I mean. Like he's he he's painting a beautiful picture of their experience he and is, bodies. He like he's lying through his ass. So like he's like most good propaganda. He's blowing smoke up the vagina. He's, he's he right now is vagina smoke blowing. <laughs> I thought it was my ass. No, 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 not my precious. Look at your delightful organization. Marvel, the girls quote, marvelous ad- apparatus was extraordinary and acquired much energy. The male did not have to deal with anything like a period. Why? So he wasn't affected. So because I, any, I mean, you have to admit as far as like, you know, being a man that you probably are just as distracted as to what you do when you just get a random erection and you're like, oh boy. But, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, this is a guy saying, if you get a period, please don't come near me. <laughs> yes, That's what this guy is pretty, saying. Or, or any educational yes. facility. Right. 
Girls had to be attentive to their menstruation in order to develop a habit so that it was regular and healthy. What what is he talking about? I don't know, but they have to be attentive to it. You have to you have to stare That's at it. That's a full-time job. <laughs> I'm talking about a floor of mirrors, girls. We need to know every cranny. Education just distracted them from their ovaries. According to Clark's science, as he called it, science, he called it science. Of course he did. The body could only concentrate on one thing at a time. One end can work a day. <laughs> Pick. Head or vagina. Head or vagina. So this is the central logic to his whole idea. Quote. I can't wait. The system never does two things at once. Who is this man? No, wait, sorry. The system never does two things at the same time. One cannot meditate a poem and drive a saw simultaneously without dividing his force. So <laughs> he's making the lady's brain is a poem and her menstrual I mean, cycle is a buzz saw. I was disagreeing with him, but I did try to meditate and saw at the same time. Oh, and I have to say, wait, it works perfectly. Oh, my thumb. You can completely meditate and saw at the same time. Well, that's, no, that's e- medita- but even then that it's just but there sawing, are things you can do at the same time. But sawing can be very meditative if you do it. You, you can, can whistle and, and kick a ball. Well, I can't. I've tried. My ankle. Brain work and a stomach work interfere with each other if attempted together. And the, medically speaking, they have an office in your chest and only one can sign up for it. The digestion of a dinner calls force to the stomach and temporarily slows the brain. The experiment of trying to digest a hearty supper and to sleep during the process has sometimes cost the carelessness experimenter her, his life. Now, let's hold on a second. And remember, this guy has fucking shitting problems or whatever he has up the wazoo he's got a horrible digestive disorder so he's fucking talking about himself yeah like when he eats everything gets fucked up and he probably has to go and fucking crawl into a hole isn't he basically saying there that if you eat and go to sleep you could die yeah I, I mean think of again think of what the world we live in now I mean that could not be more disproved I would say 80% of naps are motivated by food People who eat yeah. so much that they're like, I'm pooped. I got to. Uh-huh. Uh, quote, if the schoolmaster overworks the brains of his pupils, he diverts force f- to the brain that is needed elsewhere. The result are monstrous brains and puny bodies. What? Giant, giant brains and little tiny, tiny bodies. Just like walking around with some sort of pulsing brain. Well, if you, if your brain is overworked and brains are often overworked mm-hmm. it sucks all the blood from your body oh, and for your sure. body gets teeny tiny no 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 your body is essentially a water balloon and knowledge is the water pick in educating our girls the attempt to hide or overcome nature by training them as boys has almost extinguished them as girls but you're not i mean they're almost training them as boys yeah that's just, he, again, is drawing an amazing connection between learning and being male, and women are now trying to get it on the activity of learning. And compared to boys, girls, quote, ripen much quicker. So he is a pervert. <laughs> Look at the boys. They're like vines, and the women are supple grapes dripping off of them. Oh, to watch those sweet grapes. So he thinks that cells die and are replaced by better cells as children grow up. Sure. Uh, 
and playing and studying causes cells to regenerate. Yeah, absolutely. This is all science. Yep. Because. Um, so the formative age between 14 to 18, uh, so, so the girls needed double the amount of cell renewal than boys because during that period where they're all this, like they're getting boobs and. Sure, they're ripening. That's uh, double cell. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, education of girls must uh, therefore leave girls some time to concentrate on their bodies. Wow. They got to think, they got to sit around and think about their breasts. Yeah. And Manifest your breasts. Manabreasting. Now, for the main evidence in his book, Clark used seven women he had seen as patients. Okay. He called them Miss A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Well, if those seven women walk in, you got to go with them. I mean, they're alphabetized already. Miss A studied too hard. Uh-huh. Ignoring her periods. Uh, foolish woman. And ended up needing a holiday to the Alps. I bled so much I need to go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> you almost bled out. Uh, after which her, quote, blood was saved and her color returned. But after that, she went back to school which meant that the evil of her education made her body suffer for the rest of her life. So now we're hearing evil, mm-hmm. fun escalation. Miss B and Miss C had not studied and didn't really support his theory, but they had both worked and exerted themselves, which led them to ignoring their periods and their bodies breaking down. Miss C had turned down his suggestion that uh, she rest and stop seeing him, and he assumed she had died. <laughs> well, that's quite an assumption. Miss C's dead. She just thought he was crazy. Yeah, and stopped coming. And he was like, uh, that one died. That one is no more for the earth. She's dead. She's absolutely dead. Miss D fainted when exercising, and then her her period stopped. (laughs) Okay, look. I mean, no question so far as the reality of these situations. She became hysterical, and he concluded that she, quote, would never become physically what she could have been had her education been physiology physiologically guided sure she had gone to school for four years rather than tending her period well, again she made tend she, your period she made the choice miss e learned languages philosophy mathematics and oh, natural boy. sciences whoa god i hope she's ready for reverse <laughs> you have a reverse period then at 21 menstrual function showed signs of failure and quote soon after this function ceased altogether and up to this present writing, a period of six or eight years, it shows no more signs of activity than an amputated arm. Graphic. She became hysterical, and he had to put her in an asylum. Yeah. That's right. So she, she studied four subjects, and then all of her vagina went bad. Yeah, so she had to go live in a padded room. Miss G, Maxi padded. Miss G died from overwork because... She worked and couldn't care for her lady parts. No more questions. Another <laughs> v- vaginal-related death. Clark wrote that while not every female who graduated became permanently disabled, enough had been to cause alarm. Absolutely. Quote, today the American woman is, to speak plainly, physically unfit for her duties as a woman and is perhaps... <laughs> she's unfit to be a woman. Yes, but she's been educated. The one thing you're insisting she maintain is the woman that you see as the societal norm, and they can't even get that right. <laughs> uh, 
physically unfit for her duties as a woman and is perhaps of all civilized females the least qualified to undertake those weightier tasks which tax so heavily the nervous system of a man. She is not fairly up to what nature asks from her as a wife and a mother. That That is even more insulting than mm-hmm. the bullshit from before. Yeah. Because now it's no longer... Look, if you learn, it'll get in the way of being a woman. Now it's, you're not even doing, you're not even being a woman. Now you're not even a woman. You're not even booking the part of woman, women. The second half of his book had the solution to this period problem. Ah, the exclamation point. The main problem was co-education. Uh-huh. Girls' schools. Your vaginas are being around the penises and trying to become them. It's like a frog. If there's a bunch of male frogs, one will turn into a woman. All right. Next lesson. Uh, So, so the problem is that they're hanging out. Okay. Girls' schools had uh, had modeled themselves on boys' schools. For Clark, there was quote a danger that such exercises that she may work her brain over mathematics, botany, chemistry on every day of the month and so safely divert blood from the reproductive apparatus to the head. The, 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 the actual theory genuinely is if you're using your brain too much, it's going to take your period. Right. Got it. Just and, wanted and, to bottom and the, line. And the parts don't work if you're, if you're... Right, because your brain is now working. It's sucking up the right. blood from your... It's like a drought. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um... Your body is the Trans-Pacific Pipeline. Yes. So. Oh, boy. Identical education of the two sexes is a crime before God and humanity. Mm -hmm. So that's a heavy. Oh, well, I think that's being fair. Boys and girls in the same classroom would ignite their sexual energy, which would be wasted in the tasks of study, and girls would burn out quicker. Is this guy married? He is married. He is married. Yeah. I looked that up because I was like, this guy can't be married. This married. does sound just like a guy who's like, if I can't have it, no one shall. The vast resources of reproductive of the reproductive system would be turned into the region of brain activity resulting in disease and degeneration. Coeducation was making boys into half girls and girls into half boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Ooh, ooh. Hey, hello. Ugh. But even with all this obvious scientific evidence, Clark said that only a few college graduates had come to him from help, for help. Okay. And even then, two or three years after graduation. Still, he felt in two or three generations of educated women, we'd see the effects on the human race. He proposed... That, Always the way, too. So he proposed... In a few years. And he proposed that uh, the girls not study as many hours of the day as boys. Sure. No more than four. Right. While uh, boys could go for six or more. Absolutely. Girls needed the extra hours to construct their reproductive apparatus. Yes. Stay at home, just... Don't think. Regenerating. Also, every fourth week, there should be a remission and sometimes an intermission of both study and exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. Take the week off. This Don't was, do anything on that week. This is a physiological... One, one week a month for the rest of your life. Be totally inactive. <laughs> Deal? This was a physiological necessity so that nature could accomplish her periodic task. Even nature's got a period. American girls were fragile compared with sturdy German, Froelands, and robust English damsels. Sure. Clark praised the fact that schoolgirls never ride bicycles in Germany, nor are they ever invited to parties. 
What what is that? What are what are the, those are that's new that's new <laughs> nose. Those are new nose. They can't ride bikes? Well, bikes were a sign of independence. It will be a barricade to your organization. Your brain will pop. They rightly leave school at the age of 15 or 16 when their epic of rapid sexual development arrives. They are encouraged to play in the fresh air and get plenty of sleep, not hunch under gas lamps studying into the late hours like American girls. (laughs) Move to Germany. Go there. Clark ended his book with a story of a woman he once saw in Germany. Oh, boy. Who was tied to a yoke and pulling a cart alongside a donkey while a man drove them with a whip. I'm going to need you to play that back. What's a yoke? Uh, that's the, um, the, the thing that goes around. He, okay, so he saw someone in a neck leash? Yeah. Basically. Pulling a cart yeah, a while a man was whipping her. Yeah, but there's also a donkey. And there's a, so a donkey and a woman are pulling a cart and a guy's whipping them. Yeah. And the moral is? No one looked at it as strange, noting that the donkey appeared to be the most intelligent and refined of the three. Clark saw this as evidence of the monstrous physical development and aborted brain development. To him, an American girl yoked with a dictionary and laboring with her period is an ex- exhibition of monstrous brain development and aborted over ovarian <laughs> development. So what he is saying... What he's saying, that a woman with an education... He is saying, I saw a woman in Germany getting whipped and pulling a cart... And he's saying that a woman with an education is no different than a woman pulling a cart with a donkey. It's the same thing, you see. Yeah, you know, I'm not seeing. Because they're periods. Right. That seems to be the the theory. If they don't use their brain, (coughs) then, then nature washes their parts with blood. But if they do use their brain, then... What about the female donkey? What that's, happens when they're pulling not, a cart? Are they not, barren? That's, we're not doing zoology today. Oh, okay, good. When A Fair Chance for Girls was published... <laughs> that's the name. Right, I forgot. Administrators uh-huh. and faculty... Oh, boy. ...who were opposed to educating women pointed to it as proof of their views. So some guy wrote down his bullshit, and now we have a Bible. They could now say... Uh, it was clearly about the safety of women, right. why they shouldn't be educated. Yes. And the problem here as well is that, of course, women want to get educations. Their brains are little. They don't understand the consequence of what they want. It's for their own good you need to stop them from getting an education, especially math. Thank you. Parents became worried what would happen to their daughters if they sent them to get some learning. I don't want you learning while your vagina's forming. <laughs> Told you that before, hon. God love you. This shifted the debate as morons were now acting like this was science and women were forced to argue against pure insanity. Wow. Mary Putnam Jacoby, the first female member of the Academy of Medicine and a founder of the Women's Medical Association of New York decided to go all science on his ass. Oh, well, I hope she's ready for menopause. She published a 232-page paper filled with hard numbers and charts that analyzed monthly pain, cycle length, daily exercise, and education along with physiological indicators like pulse, rectal temperature, and ounces of urine. Well, 
I mean, that's. I feel sorry for the girls that had to take part of that study. You have no fever. Piss. Jacoby had test subjects undergo muscle strength tests before, during, and after menstruation. Her scientific method supported. Her scientific meth method supported. Article read: There is nothing in the nature of menstruation to imply the necessity or even desirability of rest. So, so what's happening now is he's shifted the debate to a point where women. Uh, the exceptional women of the time, this, you know, doctor who's clearly very successful now has to waste her fucking time proving that the period doesn't fuck you up. Yeah. Right. Well, but again, the, the damage that must have wrought onto her organization. True. Combing Uh, for all those facts. In 1874, I studied so hard. I have a penis. In 1874, Julia Ward Howe wrote Sex and Education, a reply to Dr. E.H. Clark's Sex and Education. It had chapters written by a number of educated women and men who believed women should get an education. Sure. The introduction to the book, quote, Dr. Clark's discord exists not in nature, but in his own thought. Most of us feel compelled to characterize this book in one aspect as an intrusion into the sacred domain of womanly privacy. No woman could publish facts and speculations concerning the special physical economy of the other sex without incurring the gravest rebuke for insolence and immodesty. No man could endure the thought of having the physical functions peculiar to his sex so unveiled before the common side of society so suggested to and imposed upon its common talk. True. 100% still probably (laughs) to this day. Despite Dr. Clark's prominent position in this community, we do not feel compelled to regard him as the supreme authority on the subjects of which he treats. So fuck off, douchebag. Yeah. But he, I mean, it's, it's just like, uh, like there was, remember Terry Schiavo? Yeah. It, like, I remember when you were watching like doctors slash senators yeah. uh, tell you what it was going on with her case after watching a video. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you just, you can't. You need facts. Right. They're important. Yeah, they are. You can't make up facts. You no. can't make up your own science. And especially what an amazing undercutting you do of the other uh, you're doing of the other side's argument when you're basically saying the more they learn the worse they get. <laughs> Dr. How, uh, how attacked his so-called scientific methods. I have been pretty careful I've been a pretty careful reader of books on natural history for all my life. And I cannot help thinking that contemporary science offers a standard whose demands are hardly met by the book. To take seven cases out of a physician's notebook and then assure us that there are a good many more is not enough. And strange to say, one of these is the case of an actress and another of a clerk leaving only five educated educational instances at all. Right. So, <laughs> and she's, you know, obviously they've done... Sounds hundreds. like she's pretty educated. Yeah. But Clark was encouraged by the reception of his book about how women should not go to school when they were having their periods. Right. It became a bestseller. Of course it did. He was invited to speak at the National Education Association in 1874. Sure. Why not? I've come up with some fucking nonsense. Yay. And he wrote a second book. This one was called The Building of the Brain, which was prefaced with praise for his first book. Smart. That's always a good opening. Quote, unless men and women have both, uh, was, unless men and women both have normally developed brains, the nation will go down. 
As good a brain is needed to govern a household as to command a ship. <laughs> okay. He re-argues the point he made in his first book, using as evidence a letter from a man saying his daughter died from the, quote, evil results of inappropriate methods of female education. It's not hard to get one person to write you a letter. So now what's probably happening yes. is every time a young woman gets sick who's People gone to school... People are already viewing it through the prism right, they're of... Like, it's I a, told you she shouldn't be reading books! That's the problem. That's, I mean, and also it's terrible to think that you, like, lose a kid and you're, like, blaming it on this fake culprit. There is a clear thread throughout the book that the American race was devolving due to the influence of immigrant blood. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, it's just aligned with the same bullshit that it's always aligned with. Yeah. It's always, I mean, again, it's, it's the whites. Don't, the whites, they're, the white guys are, they're, (laughs) Look, they just think crazy shit because they're, they want to believe the shit. Edward H. Clark died on November 20th, 1877, age 57, as a result of issues from his lifelong digestive problems. Mm. His menstruation. Right. His, yeah, the thing, that he, he, the thing that he was mad at himself about that he spewed on everybody else. Uncle Flo. Uncle Flo. A man who spent years explaining how women would fall apart if they were educated died from his rotting shit system. The pressure for co-education at Harvard continued to grow. You should have picked up tennis. That's way good for your bowels. Thank you. The pressure for co-education at Harvard continued to grow. In 1879, a women's college was established on the grounds that paid for professors to repeat their lectures to lecture halls of young women. Wow. So they would go. That's cool, though. That's like a that's like two shows in a night. It's <laughs> like I punched it up. You guys is gonna be tighter and better. But Clark's work lived on, and women had to continue to fight against his ridiculous and bullshit scientific claims. Seventeen editions of the shit book would go on to be published. The American Association of University Women was founded in 1881 and spent decades. Oh. Funding research to debunk Clark's theories. There you go. Decades. They pointed out his faulty methodology and lack of statistics. Yeah. And just lack of anything. But, oh, here's a thing. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is when you create an alternate universe where an argument like that has to be disproven, you've already won your battle. Because you're... You've already created the waste and the distraction. And now the future, people can always say, well, look, I mean, people have been arguing about whether that's right or wrong for a long time. You're like, no, one lunatic wrote a book. Right. It's climate change. Yeah. They presented tons of evidence against his theories. Case studies, letters from authorities, uh, data on the health, career patterns, marriage rates, and fertility of women who attended college. They argued that coeducational promoted coeducation promoted healthy realistic relationships between men and women <clears throat> with less exper- expensive and more practical than separate education and had proven to be effective and beneficial so right so they're now they're now forced to argue on another f- field of play because this fucking dipshit wrote a book so they're and spending that- all of the time that let's face it they're educated women they could be doing things that actually fucking mattered yeah instead making of making pies making pies cleaning things 
It didn't matter. Clark's theories continued uh, to be used in the decades that followed, not only by opponents of coeducation, but also by opponents of women's roles in others, other areas. Female educational institutions were forced to develop many different stri- strategies, like limiting the number of courses a woman student could take to prevent ill health, Colleges instituted programs of medical surveillance and health monitoring of their female students. That's so crazy to think that you have to go get tested for learning. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Female physicians were brought in to oversee exercise and collect health data, including menstrual cycle record keeping. Women were basically... Get on the treadmill, Sally. Is she having her... No, we're okay. Women were basically forced to, through science, prove the total bullshit theory of a moron was a bullshit theory, and this went on for decades. Harvard finally began admitting women during World War II. Uh-huh, sure. According to 2016 statistics, women made up 50% of college students in America, and for the first time ever, 51% of law students in the United States were women. The entering class of 2016 at Harvard Medical School comprised of 51% women. So reading is the tampon for your brain. It's, I mean, there's the science part, right? There, there's the science part, which is just totally some, like you can have all this fucking evidence and all this shit. And then some fucking loony asshole makes a point that people want to believe so their life doesn't change. So their daughter doesn't go to college. So their wife doesn't get a fucking education so they can keep them chained to the stove stove. And then everyone has to fight against this fucking moron who has said the shit for decades. Yeah. Fucking decades. It's the same thing that's going on with climate change. The science is established and the, the fucking companies making all the money off of oil don't want that to be a thing, so they just well, say and it's they, not. And they've, and they've hired scientists to come work for them and give facts that behoove their industry. Yeah. And then they're able to say, well, you know, I mean, there's. I read this report the other day that was saying, and you're like, no, but it was written by this douchebag that you pay, and you go, hey, look, all I'm saying is there's still some discrepancy. Right. We're not sure who's right and who's wrong in this one. The jury's still out. And then instead of art, and then you get to waste time, and then right, and it's the exact same thing. Instead of instead of dealing with the actual issue, then you just spend all your time talking to these people about something that is already established, yeah. which is the same thing. This is yeah. There's fucking. There's nothing. Women were well, getting. I mean, women we've were clearly pro- I mean, we've clearly proved disproven this theory. I mean, what? <laughs> that that women are uh if they're to be educated I, they I, are uh unblooded husks <laughs> but could you imagine like being like against the education of women and then coming up with such an insane idea and writing it down well you know the truth is that it come it always comes from total insecurity of people getting a slice of what you have so no matter whether it's conscious or unconscious it's still that still all comes from a place of a white guy being like we are, we run everything you know out of fear of what happens when no, you no, let other but people but a white guy whose body is fucked up yeah yeah well the, look hypocrisy is always a big player I mean, it's it's always it's always the like super anti-gay Christian 
uh, senator who's the one who's ragged on it for years and is then eventually the one who's like, I mean, they were just 15. <laughs> I like boys. What can I say? Wide stance. He gave me back rubs. Big deal. Oh, back rubs. Well, well I think we've uh, proven again, David, that... Uh, white man of the best. Understanding eludes us. Yeah. Continually. Uh, we sign... Here. Uneducated women organizations. We well, I don't know if we want to get <laughs> make the line a little long. I'm sorry, I'm just losing. I, I, if you can find the pen. <laughs> All right, uh, gobble 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 gobble. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 